Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Mavs, but this time... It is not just Believe in Mavs. It is also Believe in Bulls, a little crossover show reaction to last night's game between the Mavericks and the Chicago Bulls. I am joined by Nick Schultz, host of Believe in Bulls. He co-hosts that with CJ Watson. Go check out their feed. Make sure to uh, see all the coverage that they do on the Bulls a little bit more in depth. But this show, you got both sides of it. You got two guys that'll try and be as impartial as they possibly can. Schultzy, what's up, dude? How are you? What's going on, Das? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Well, I'm, I've got the big smile on my face, which is <laughs> norm for me, but also because of last I night. I smile through the pain. Yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> Texas Rangers win the World Series. That was a huge deal. Um, the Dallas Stars won. And, of course, the Dallas Mavericks won another. It's a hell of a night for you. It was a hell of a night for the DF-Dub, uh, for, for the 214. And... We'll, we'll talk and we'll focus on the Mavericks, of course, in this game against the Bulls. Mavericks are one of the only remaining undefeated teams alongside the Boston Celtics. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Denver Nuggets last uh, last night, which I think a lot of Timberwolves fans were probably like, yeah, you saw what we did last year in the playoff series. We actually have a really good game plan against this squad for another podcast. Go check out our Nuggets or Timberwolves shows that are out there. Um, but the Mavericks are undefeated. They're 4-0. The Chicago Bulls are 2-3. and they, it was technically a clutch game. Um, I'll ask for your initial thoughts, but my first reaction to this game is while it was a clutch game and a clutch win for the Mavericks, I felt like I was slightly dissatisfied because they should have opened this game up at any given point throughout the night, especially in the second half. Um, tough to do that in the first half when Zach Levine is, is shooting and playing how he was. But what were your initial thoughts on the game last night? Well, the Bulls still can't shoot. That's pretty much proven. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were also allergic to rebounding because the Mavs had 24 second chance points, which that cannot happen against any opponent, let alone a team that has Luka and a red hot Tim Hardaway. And for some reason, Grant Williams, like Grant Williams just decided to have a night. So it was unimpressive yeah. from the Bulls. They, I used it the last couple shows. I say it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. The luck seems to be kind of... Not there every game. Mm. They got lucky when Caruso hit the shot to win the first game of the year against Toronto. I feel like they got kind of lucky when they beat the Pacers because they only shot 17 threes in that game. I cannot believe they won a game where they shot 17 three-pointers. And this game, no Kyrie Irving felt like an opportunity. You shut down Luka for the most part, and you let other guys beat you. Yeah. And you still can't rebound. That was my biggest takeaway. Like, I was... I had a bad taste in my mouth after this game because it felt like they had so many opportunities, but story last year, story this year, couldn't capitalize. Yeah, and I felt the same way about the Mavericks rebounding opportunities or lack thereof in the first half, right? There was that one possession, I think it was in the second quarter, where the Bulls wrangled in five offensive rebounds, but exactly to your point, they didn't capitalize, right? And there were uh, two offensive rebounds that the Mavericks got late in the fourth quarter from Derek Lively, the Rook already making a massive impact. I love that kid. So good. Kicks it out to Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway capitalizes and knocks down those threes. Um, I, I will say, just in the Maverick side of things, 
offensively, I, I want to tip my cap to the Bulls and Billy Donovan because I thought that the game plan, the defensive game plan, the uh, the doubles 30 feet away from the basket, they really, really worked well, at least for what they wanted to do. Now, the thing about the Mavericks when you're playing them, you know, Grant Williams shot the ball really well. So did Tim Hardaway. Josh Green, not so much. Seth Curry shot well. Um, Derek Jones shot well, right? And a little bit of a revenge game for him. That's yeah, a nice revenge game. I didn't have that on my bingo card last night at all. But those opportunities that those spot-up shooters get for the Mavericks, for the most part, are wide open. Like, wide open. So I know that that is the game plan, but they are professional shooters. They are professional basketball players. They should be knocking down those shots. So it was absolutely an awesome affirmation for me offensively to see that happen. And not only were they hitting those shots, but I thought that they were making the right decision. So it's it's either, this is what you have as a spot-up shooter. These These kind of four things available to you. You either take the shot as soon as it gets into your hands, you pump sidestep mm-hmm. and take that three, you pump and dish to the other guy that's open on the wing if you're in the corner, or you you pump and go and maybe take a dribble pull up, which is what Seth Curry did. And I thought almost every single time the Mavericks others were in that opportunity, they capitalized, which is huge. See, here's my thing with the way the Bulls game plan. I thought it I thought it worked because you want to the goal without Kyrie, you need. You need to get it away from Luca. Right. Don't let Luca get hot because he's going to win the game single-handedly. I thought they did that, but their perimeter defense. This is a regular thing when CJ and I record. We're doing twice a week now. It's every day we're talking about the perimeter defense because Grant Williams and Tim Hardaway both made seven threes. You can't have two guys right make seven threes. Force, I understand the just game. Just force them off the line and, and make them do something. Exactly. Else. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't. And not. I mean, not all of them were open. Some of them were like really. They were tough shots, but you still two guys combined for 14 threes. Like that's just the, the defense, the ratings and everything. Their bulls are middle of the pack. They're solid. Three point defense, though, just looking at the eye test, it hasn't been good. And I don't know how to change it, but the, the Mavs did the right thing. It was someone else has to beat you besides Luca. You got someone else to beat them. Right. And there they are now undefeated 4-0. And for the Bulls, it's another opportunity. They could have, they had opportunities to put their foot on the gas and not look back, and they didn't. And I also feel like Nikola Vucevic has lost all touch from three. Like I, I don't know what happened. He's lost all touch outside of like the garbage time three he made. Right. Well, it, to his credit, he did rebound the ball very well. And obviously, while he doesn't, sure. he didn't have the touch from the three point line. He does within you know that that kind of eight to to fourteen feet is his sweet spot, and he he never oh, sure. he never misses on that floater. The, but he had a big three in the fourth quarter that would have, I think it would have either tied the game yep. or brought it within one possession and they just missed it. And that he hasn't shot the ball well from three all year. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't have given the ball to him in that spot. Right. But and, he had the open look. I get you, you have to take it, but I've had a shooter shoot mentality with this team. I need to rethink that after that sequence with five missed threes. Yeah. Well, what I'm watching, <laughs> I, I like to play the game of with any uh, opponents of the Mavericks, like, do I think that whoever is taking this spot up three is going to make it? Like, what's my what's my pulse on that? Like, do I feel that even before they release the ball, is it going through the net? And I can tell you that Kobe and Patrick Williams, even though Kobe actually had a pretty decent shooting night, and Patrick Williams, I just don't think they're ever going in for those two guys. And 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 Vooch behind the line, like and DeRozan, obviously, when he's you know not shooting a two pointer, I have good faith and confidence that that's not going in either. So. Uh, the, the shooting was very lackluster. I mean, Patrick Williams really, he kind of looks lost out there, man. I, I don't know what the what the vibe is in Chicago on him right now. And I know it's up and down, right? Like last season was a 
a semi revelation, right? It was in, it was trending in the right direction. Um, what have you seen from him in, in five games? And is it just well below what it needs to be? So CJ and I both had picked Patrick Williams to have a breakout year this year. Like it's a big year contract year. Yep. They got to decide on an option because they didn't come to an extension agreement, which they didn't think was going to happen based on his first, but he's in year four. Now they lose track with the COVID time warp. Cause he was the COVID draft. So right. I always like any, he, and he missed a year because of injury. So I've kind of, I believe this is year four for him and it's been, he's had nine points in his last three games. They all came in one game. He's had two scoreless games in a row. The other day, we both came out and said Tory Craig needs to be in the starting lineup instead of Patrick Williams. Yeah, I was, I'm a I, was, big fan. I was about to say, I, he's the guy that I get more scared of when he's taking those yeah. catch and catch and shoot threes. Yeah. Right. And I also get the argument for putting Caruso in the starting lineup too, just because he can play any of the five positions. But I think Tory Craig would be the guy to go to. With Patrick Williams, I'm a big fan of watch the game unfold and jump into it. Like there's a rhythm to it. Watch it on the bench, get a feel for it, jump in and just, it's kind of like in uh, the analogy, I guess I can use is like in finding Nemo when he jumps into the, into the, uh, the current. Yeah. Like the East Australia jump current. In. Yeah. The EAC. Yeah, you jump yeah. in the current and you EAC and you just go right with it. Yeah. Like you're on the bench, you're watching the game and I'm, and CJ kind of, I was surprised CJ backed me up on this. Cause he was someone who came off the bench. He said, I was like on the right track. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I, I've heard, I thought it was coach speak that I was using, but it kind of, I think Patrick Williams can benefit from that and maybe be one of those leaders on that second unit. And I still, I would start Tory Craig over Alex Caruso and keep Caruso on that second unit. But I, I get the argument either way, but something has to change regardless. Cause Kobe white had a scoreless outing too, by the way, against Detroit, which you can't have a bad game against Detroit. Cause I think that's a young hungry team. Well, I just, you're, you're definitely in trouble when your guy that's supposed to be coming off the bench, the quote unquote defensive stopper ends up scoring more points in the game than Kobe white, who starts the game and plays 33 minutes of the point guard. Of course, I'm talking about Javon Carter, who is a guy I've always really liked. He, he played love Javon Carter, really good minutes in, in Milwaukee when he was there and for a myriad of other NBA teams now at this point. But I, to me, I look at the box score after the fact and that, you know, this is captain hindsight here, but, why are Caruso and Javon Carter's minutes adding up to the minutes that Kobe white played, right? Like it, yeah. from what I saw, and not only did Kobe white not do what you need. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done at Granger. We're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To do offensively and what he's capable of, he's not out there for his defense, right? But against a team no. like the Mavericks, in a situation where you're not quickly doubling Luka, then Luka's going to hunt him every single possession, back him down, and go to work, draw the double, kick it, worse get to the paint and have an opportunity to have one of his his classic D cell and ones or or a dump off pass to Derek Lively. Like I just he exposed y'all too much in a game against a Mavericks team where they have the number one or number two player in the NBA at identifying mismatches. Yeah, I I have high hopes for Kobe White. He's got the contract now, go out and prove it. And I think he every year he's kind of addressed a different part of his game. Last year the ball handling was a big thing. Maybe he can be that point guard of the future that I just don't think he is yet. I brought this up with CJ today when we recorded. It kind of hit me. Gar Pax, the old regime, Gar Foreman, John Paxson, when they ran the front office, they'd keep leaning on when Derek got hurt. If Derek didn't get hurt, 
if Derek didn't get hurt, things would be different. With this team, when Lonzo Ball got hurt, he was that facilitator. He was that three-point shooter. He was that defender they needed. They haven't really replaced that, and they've kind of done by committee. And I would have added a guy like Javon Carter, if you could have brought him in last year, a guy like Torrey Craig in last year. Yeah. I think that changes things this year, but you waited too long because you didn't know Lonzo wasn't coming back. And I feel like that totally destroyed the momentum that this team had when they were the number one seed at one point. Could Kobe White prove me wrong and be this guy that can come in and be your knockdown three-point shooter and lead the team in assists? Maybe. Be your distributor? He could be. But through five games, I haven't really seen that yet. And I I mean, Co- or if CJ would have started Io, I would assume it in the starting I, line. At least given him opportunities. I mean, he he yeah. showed flashes, right? I, I think two years ago when y'all were when you looked your best as you as you possibly have, uh, since mm-hmm. you've traded for Vucevic, like I thought Io was probably in the seven, eight man rotation, right? Your your playoff yeah. rotation. I don't necessarily know that Kobe White was. Or if he was, he was no. playing marginal minutes, right? Just some yeah. sort of spark plug, almost like what we had Jaden Hardy do last night, right? Depending sure. on the matchup, depending on the game, maybe he gets 12 to 14, but normally he's probably only getting in there for four to six minutes a, a night. Um, obviously, you have, you have higher hopes for this guy, and, and hopefully he can get to that. But with other capable guards on the roster, it was definitely a head scratcher. But for me, as a Mavs fan, someone watching, I was totally okay with it. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, this is a season where you don't have that much time to figure things out because if you don't figure things out, come trade deadline, people are going to be calling for Zach. They're going to be calling for DeMar. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't blame those guys if if they went to the front office and were like, hey, we need to, I'm looking to get out of here. And and at that point, like, you know, they're, they're in Bulls re- rebuild mode, which to me, it's what I they should have do done. But already. I don't want to do that again. You're in the third largest market in the country. I'm tired of rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. I, I think the last one, the last one put such a bad taste in my mouth because of the way it was handled with you fired Hoiberg and you immediately gave Jim Boylan the, you didn't give him the interim tag. You made him the full-time head coach and the man was a bona fide laughing stock. Like I used to make fun of his press conferences because it'd be the same thing. Talk about heart and passion and we're going to run suicides in practice. And next thing you know, they bring in the front, the new regime comes in, they clean house. Yeah. I, I did not like the way that was handled with Gar Foreman, John Paxson. And I think, like I said before, you have a whole different conversation. And I, I, I'm talking out both sides of my mouth when I do this. If Lonzo doesn't get hurt, this is a different conversation. But you're playing the hand you're dealt. You did not recover well from that injury. And now you're seeing the effects of you might have to tear this thing down again which that's twice in five years now. Well, you certainly don't don't want to go through that again. You don't want to lose out on the value of DeMar and Levine. He's the number one trade chip. I think DeMar is, I think he's your top trade chip. Levine's number two, just because of the contract situation. And I think a lot of, a lot of GMs probably look at him as a two, three year asset, right. Until there's a a steep decline just because of his age. Of course, Levine, you have, you have more time. Um, But the, but the problem right now is we're talking about IO. We're talking about, Kobe and Patrick Williams is if you want to remain competitive, Levine and DeMar DeRozan have to have the touches on this team. Right. And that's what we saw in the first and so half. And, and, Vu- and right. And Vooch would be third on that, on that list, on that pecking order. That's what we saw in the first half and, and how the bulls were able to stay in it. And I think, you know, a lot of discourse about the Dallas Mavericks this season is, can they defend better? Right. And um, I saw a bunch of chatter just on Mavs Twitter at halftime. That was like, oh my gosh, classic, like Zach Levine torching them again. And then a lot of 
other people on Mavs Twitter kind of, you know, chirping back, being like, no, 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 you don't understand. And clearly you're not watching the game because Zach Levine is hitting tough shots right now. These are contested threes. And that's, that's normal for Zach Levine. He's that mm-hmm. high prowess of a scorer. Um, but he's a high volume scorer. DeMar is a high volume scorer. And so it, it's, it's, it's a shame to see how this is kind of counterintuitive, right? For, for the plan for the future and what you want to do now. And if you want to win games, which of course you do. And of course those two guys do, um, they have to get all, all the touches and, and they should be the ones that are putting the shots up. But then of course that curbs the development of, of the younger guys on the team, um, which is just, it's a bummer. It's not the situation you want to be in as a, as a franchise. No. And I think Billy Donovan's falling victim to a bad roster makeup. I just don't think this team is built for the three point shooting that he wants. I think you, you saw that I'm going to keep bringing it up when you had five, three pointers and you missed all of them. Yep. I can, I, in 2023, how is that possible that a team gets five three-point looks and misses all of them in one possession? Like open that? looks, though, close. too. Like right, yeah, right, yeah. I'm not talking like contested threes. The, just... the the Mavericks were just waiting for you to hit one. They were kind of like, we're right. done with this possession. Can we move on with the game? <laughs> the... Yeah, you you got it handed to you on a silver platter. Going here, go ahead and score. Right, and you kept you kept missing, and I it's so frustrating. So the fact that I think Billy Donovan might end up being the fall guy, he entered the year as the favorite for to be the first coach fired, which surprised me at the time. But with the way things have started, it might be trending that way. But I know the front office isn't going anywhere because it's Jerry Reinsdorf running the organization. It's Michael Reinsdorf kind of making the calls, but Jerry still owns it. They're notoriously loyal. You're not going to see the front office get changed. I think you're going to see a coaching change and a roster turnover before you see anything. I cannot believe we're talking about this five games into the year, but that's how bad things have looked because they shouldn't have beaten Toronto. The only reason they didn't beat, if Fred Van Vliet's on that Toronto team, Toronto's blowing them out. Oh, yeah. Toronto misses that guy who can come in and hit that dagger shot. That's what that's what Van Vliet was able to do. They miss him. And you beat Indiana. That was a good win, I guess, even though the game plan was unique. Sure. Like it's Indiana, just, Indiana had Boston dropped 155 on Indiana last night, you know? So, yeah. Although yeah, I, I, we're at the point in the NBA season where it's like, look, like I, I'm not going to say like, oh, this team beat this team, but didn't beat that team. Like that's unfair. It's so early. People are still fighting right. their sea legs. And also the NBA is so deep. There's so much parody. There's so much talent in the league right now that you can't give any night off. Like you just can't. And no. like, this is why when you're a Bulls team that's kind of in the middle and you're playing a Mavericks team without Kyrie, you have to win that game. And as me, exactly. as a Mavs fan, looking at that, I see this game, I see us playing impressively without Kyrie on the floor. There was one mm-hmm. moment where we had, I think, like Hardy, Exum, Josh Green, who, like Patrick Williams, this needed to be the year where he kind of took the jump, right? He just got the three for 41 contract. Um, and he's been pretty mediocre, but the good thing about the Mavericks roster, and you can say as much as you want to besmirch it, but Nico Harrison has done such a good job in bolstering it up as much as he could with the available assets that he had, that we can hide Josh Green in certain games and we can roll mm-hmm. with Tim Hardaway and we can roll with Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. and Dante Exum. Those guys are playing better and we don't have to force Josh Green into becoming this thing that maybe he's not ready for. And I hope in the middle of the season, I'm eating my words a little bit here and, and he catches stride and looks like a different player, but um, that's a luxury that the Mavericks have that the Bulls don't have. And for the Mavericks to win another game without Kyrie, um, it makes me feel like they are asserting themselves as a more legitimate on the edge contender, potentially, right? I, there's 
everybody's a tier down from the Celtics and the Nuggets, in my personal opinion. Um, I'd throw the Bucks in there too, but I get what you're saying. But then you've got the, you know, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, in the West at least. And I yeah. think the more wins that the Mavs accumulate, especially against lesser teams, um, the more serious of a threat that they actually will be uh, respected as, at least, you know, broader NBA conversations. Yeah, and I'm not going to count out the Mavericks ever because you have Luke is one of my favorite players in right. the league. And I think if you can make the, it feels like a great experiment is what I'm calling it with Kyrie, just because you've got two guys who can be ball dominant, but are also known to pass the ball a lot. Yeah. Like you got two guys there. Their skill sets are similar, but different. I feel like, and I think it's a great experiment that's going on. And if you can make that thing work, you're looking at something really special. And the fact that they looked as good as they did that take the competition factor out of it because the bulls just, they're just not a good team. Yeah. The fact that they're looking like they did against the bulls without Kyrie is a good sign. Cause then if you put Kyrie back into it and he fits in as well as he should, you've got something special down there. And I'm a big Derek Lively fan. I was a, I was a fan of his at Duke. Didn't expect this. Yeah. Did not expect him to kind of take off like this. I did not expect him to outduel Wembenyama when you guys played the Spurs. Like it's a pleasant surprise as well. So now you've got that weapon in there too. It, I, I'm not to, to backtrack on the, the Spurs game. This is a conversation that I had with Matt Tynan, who does small market bias, a, a Spurs podcast on the believe network. It's so much easier for a guy like lively when he comes in and there is an, a pre-written structure to the team, right? Mm -hmm. The Spurs have no idea what their identity is right now. Right. The only person that's kind of puppet mastering this thing is pop and he'll give opportunities to Wembenyama as he sees fit, but he also has to nurture the rest of these young, you know, NBA guys that he think could become potential all-stars. I don't know. Their, their talent evaluation is what their talent evaluation is, but they have time to figure it out. The Mavericks don't have time to figure it out. And that's one of the things that I've been really impressed with thus far with Jason Kidd is they're going into the games knowing exactly what they want to do, knowing how they want to attack, how they want to utilize guys like Seth Curry, like Dante Exum off the bench, who I think he might have he he might only have played through through four games a, a not even a full NBA game at this point. I've been so impressed with how he has picked his spots and how ready he has been to play when he's given that opportunity. Um, and I think you saw that uh, against the Bulls last night and when guys know their role, they know how to attack when they're given the opportunity. And I think, again, like the rotation is so up in the air for this Bulls team. And that's why everybody looks lost out there, right? It's because they don't know. Patrick Williams probably thought he was going to play 34 minutes in this game. He ended up getting yanked and played 25 because I think Billy's it's trying not to make- the first time this year that's happened. Either. Right. Billy's trying to make in-game adjustments uh, to to cater to you know the the matchup and who's hot and, and what's going on in the game. I do want to ask you, so Derek Jones Jr. at this point is a young journeyman, but he is young yep. still. What, if any, of what he's done in the last two games, and I don't know how much of the previous game you caught uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies, but he had 21 points and he shot incredibly well from the three-point line. Are you surprised by what he did last night? Did you see flashes of that when he was in Chicago? Is, uh, do we need to have a, a longer conversation about how NBA players are impacted when they're playing with Luka Doncic in comparison to how, you know, Bruce Brown played with Nikola Jokic last year and how much adulation we now give Bruce Brown? Like, what is going on with Derek Jones Jr. and what do I need to expect for the rest of the season out of that guy? So I didn't catch much of the Grizzlies game, just been in full 
college football mode sure. too. Like any anything around like a Saturday. Are people like, like sealing a, signs or Sunday, something. Like, was that something like that happening? Yeah. Oh, I've written nothing about anyone named Connor Stallions. I've made no Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure references <laughs> in the newsroom. Like it has been just a. It's been a crazy couple weeks, Alex. Like it has been absolutely insane. But I caught the obviously the revenge game factor with Derek Jones. The dunk on Levine had to feel pretty good. Like I did not have a revenge game on the bingo card, but he, when he was in Chicago, I saw him as that, that long athletic defender who could maybe jump, knock down a jump shot here and there. Sure. I held my breath when he shot threes Yeah, to put it in perspective, but maybe he's found a role playing alongside Luca. Maybe that's a factor, but I think maybe it's the situation too, just because in Chicago, I did, you didn't know what his role was, right? He was off the bench. He'd come in. He wasn't like your, I'm going to come down and hit a three. I'm going to play lockdown defense. He was just kind of part of that bench unit. And maybe he's found a role. Like a someone's got to get minutes situation. Like, right. Yeah. Like it was, I don't get me wrong. When he came in, I thought the defense would have looked better just because he had that athleticism. He had that length. Right. And now that seeing what he did, 17 points, three threes, like that's not what you expected out of him. Well, and, in Chicago. And I want to praise the coaching a little bit because he started Oh, for, oh, sure. He started 0 for 3 from the field. He was taking right. those spot up shots, the spot up threes, and getting good looks early in the game, early in the first quarter, and he missed them. Um, and I was like, okay, this regression back to the norm. This is more so of what I expected. Last game, he, he hit five threes. I think it was five for six from the three point line. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone that I talked to that's a Mavs fan was like, what the heck just happened last game against the Grizzlies? Uh, so it, it felt like, okay, we're back to what, what our expectations of this guy were, but them encouraging him to continue to shoot. And I think, you know, that comes on the court and off the court. I know Lucas is, is being more of a vocal leader. I know Kyrie certainly has been a vocal leader in this locker room. Um, probably doesn't get enough credit. I think just in larger conversations about him because of his antics off the court, that's how I'll describe it. Um, yeah, sure but a guy that's really well liked in the locker room. And I think the encouragement for guys like him, for guys like Derek Lively, Grant Williams being a vocal leader. I think there was a moment in the game where, you know, Luca was uh, for lack of a better term, bitching at the refs as he normally is, is ought to do. And the bulls announcers took note of that. They took note of it. And Grant Williams (laughs) stepped in. And I think the, the discussion after the fact in the post game presser was like, if I can take that T for him, I'll take that, that tech and I'll talk to the the refs about it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. This things feel good. Like the everything's gelling right now in Dallas, and I'm I'm waiting for that 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 card to to fall and and you know that the house of cards that maybe a lot of people think that it is to to completely collapse. But right now it's it's positive vibes, man. Hey, man, ride the wave. Like just enjoy. It. I mean, I remember when a certain team in Chicago looked like the number one seed in the East, and they were playing really well, and I was that was solo at that point. And I'm talking about this team going. Hey, they're really good. Should we talk about them as a legit contender? And then I was on a flight to Las Vegas and landed to the news that Lonzo and Zach Levine got hurt in the same game. Right. And they weren't the same again, which, so I, I lost a ton of money in Vegas that weekend and the bulls lost their point guard for <laughs> the rest of the rest of the while. Sorry, like it's, eh, it's all good. I deserved it, but it's been like, it, it happens, but enjoy the wave while it's going like ride, ride it, ride the horse. Yeah. Bucks yet. It is. It, it's a fun ride when you catch lightning in a bottle like this. Well, I was just thinking about what I, what I mentioned about the Jokic effect, right. And what I'm going to be paying attention to 
in regards to if Luca is having the same kind of impact, right? And the crossover, the the um, the, the the sports crossover would be like the Brady quarterback, the Mahomes quarterback. Like they just make right. whoever relevant, whoever their receivers are. Now Rashi Rice is an absolute fantasy darling and an NFL darling, right? Because of the way that he's I just playing. missed out on him couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, and that's a bummer because I think he's got a bright future as long as he stays in Kansas city. And as long as Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, but you go and you look and see Dorian Finney Smith gets a contract, right? That's an undrafted guy. Maxi Kleba mm-hmm. got a contract. Dwight Powell got a contract. Like all these guys, Seth Curry gets like kind of introduced to the NBA through the Mavericks a little bit. And then he goes to Brooklyn and obviously he's a part of the, the Kyrie Harden, Kevin Durant teams. And for a lot of it, like he was one of the second or third best guys on the, on the court with KD. Cause those other guys weren't playing. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm just starting to come to terms with that. This is the impact that Luca can have. And I know we, yeah. we negatively associate it with the heliocentric style. And like, there's a lot of like, well, they can't win a title. Jason Kidd is all about getting guys paid. That's like been the thing, his whole mantra, right? For NBA players, the whole Jalen Brunson saga, just want to get that guy paid. So happy for him. So proud of him. Luka Doncic, he gets guys paid. Like he just straight Mm -hmm. up does because you get so many open opportunities. And as long as you capitalize to a certain extent, like you're going to put up decent enough numbers where either the Mavs or another team are going to be forced to pay you to to keep you in the league for, for two or three more years. The guy's a walking triple-double. Yeah. He can set you up. He's going to set you up for success because he's a walking triple-double. He's got great vision. He shoots really well. He can rebound. Like He's the type of guy. He could, I like the Mahomes comparison to pre-Matt Nagy, by the way, because this year's not going great. No. Also, I'm very biased there. But I think Luka can be that guy that he's setting everyone up. That's why you see a guy like Derrick Jones kind of take off. Is he? He's going to put him in good position. Yeah. On the court, and then with Jason Kidd as the coach, when when that came in, I'm like, okay, that's a good coach for Luca. Like, I think that's a great fit, even despite in what certain, happened in certain in respects. Life. I think, yeah, yeah, like in terms of like the player Luca is, like that that's a guy I'd want in his ear. Now, how this Kyrie thing is going to work? Who's Batman? Like, I mean, you're going to have to have Batman and Robin. Well, I don't think like, there's any debate who Batman is, but it's when you get into crunch time, is something going to happen? Who's going to want the ball? Like it's, yeah, that's why I call it. That's why I call it a great experiment is just because I, you don't know for sure. How's Kyrie going to settle in? Is he going to want more touches? Is he going to want the ball? Like, is Luca going to want the ball? Is he going to pass it off? Like I, I talk about him being yeah. a great facilitator and the walking triple double he is, but when it comes time for the big moments, who's going to be that guy? And is someone going to take a shot? They shouldn't take. Like I think of it as Zach and it's Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I have a similar conversation with sure. DeMar should be the number one option, but Zach's getting paid the most money as your three point shooter. So yeah, that's part I think, of the, I think the one apples and oranges, but it kind of, I think the one I distinction there is that DeMar DeRozan is a hall of famer. Yeah. Zach Levine is not right. At least not yeah. yet plays 10 more hall years. Of very the, good. Hall of very good right now. And, and room to grow still Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are hall of famers. And right. You can't get, you have to, they have to buy in together with getting satisfied with either one of them taking an opportunity at the end of the game and, and and taking a good look. Like, it's like, it's just about, are we making the right play, right? You have to, the, the old LeBron adage, right? It was like, he didn't want mm-hmm. to take the shot, but he always made the right play. And right. a lot of people were always like, well, he doesn't have that, that 
knack, that Jordan in him, that he wants the ball, that he always wants to take that shot. First off, Luca has that. If he wants mm-hmm. to take the shot, he will take the shot. I have seen sure. enough step back threes from the left wing last year in, in as many clutch games as we played. And, and he missed a lot of them because they were from 37 feet away from the basket, but he will take the shot and he has no problem with it. I think more importantly for me, which I've seen through the first four games and, and maybe the most impressive kind of change in this Dallas Mavericks team is that they've been engaged defensively in the last five minutes of, of the game, particularly Luca. I don't care if he takes a possession off in the second quarter, the third quarter, but in the last five minutes, if he is engaged, he can stay in front of guys, mm-hmm. not reach in, not foul. Like we were talking before we got on the air about the Clippers Lakers game, Paul George fouled out. Norm Powell fouled out. Um, yep. so, someone else fouled out, I think, too. In that, at the in, in OT, uh, I thought it was just. I thought it was just the two. maybe the two of them, but but that makes a huge impact, right? Oh yeah, Luca Luca being a disciplined, engaged defender in the last five minutes. Uh, Kyrie will will have his moments, and then how much of a difference it's made to have Derek Lively on the court defensively in the last five minutes of games too, and that guy making the right decisions four years into the league, and he's already he knows what he's doing with the ball, which is like yeah. I can't believe he's not having JaVale McGee bonehead plays, but he's not. Yeah. Uh, the one who came close to fouling out, by the way, was uh, Westbrook and West, Zubac. Westbrook had, had five. They both had five. Yeah. They both had five. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I also, I'm from, the, it's an outsider perspective, definitely with my thought, with where I stand at Luca and Kyrie working together. You're in the weeds. You watch them all the time. Well, I don't get many Mavericks games. Like, I, yeah. I get the Bulls games and national TV and with working with working my night shifts with on um, three and then especially busy, during football man, season dude. right now, yeah, dude, I I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot. Once I get into like December and stuff, like I start getting more in the weeds. Okay, what are other teams doing? Like I start getting a little bit more so well versed in what's so going on. Right oh, and again, it's five games in. Like it's there's a lot to be figured out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, everybody's everybody. I love the overreactions. I love the passion. I mean. Good and bad overreactions from right. all different fan bases. You're five games in. It's a long season. You never know how things are going to turn out the rest of the way. Because the Lakers started off really, really bad last year. Yeah. And all of a sudden they found it and you saw what happened. Like the anything second, can in, happen. In the second half without LeBron James, too. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I think last takeaway of this game, these two teams, unfortunately, I think the the performance and and what what we're gaining perspective wise from the bulls is probably more on the nose of what they're going to be in three months, as opposed to the Mavericks, which it's too small of a sample size to really know whether or not they're a true contender. Kyrie and Luca need to play 15, 20 games before we can start making our real assessments about that. Exactly. But if, if if Kyrie Irving was on the court, I'd have a better sense of where the Mavericks are. Yeah. But then that's just because the bulls game plan was okay. No Kyrie. Let's shut down Luca and other guys beat them yeah because two guys made seven threes who do y'all play ne- <laughs> who's who's on the the schedule next y'all have a game tomorrow uh yeah friday they've got the nets to start this in-season tournament which i'm really intrigued by i don't know what to expect cj and i talked about that at length today i don't know what to expect from this in-season tournament but they got the nets next and they got the nuggets on the second half of a back-to-back on saturday in denver nothing could go wrong there after we play them i think on friday <laughs> right I think so. Yes. Yeah. Which is yeah, because you guys have you guys had the night game on ESPN, right? And to start off the tourney against the right. Nuggets, they want you to watch that know, that Mavs Nuggets game, not the Bulls game. Nets. That's fine. That's fine. 
I don't like when the Bulls are on national TV. So, yeah. And then they're on NBA TV on Saturday against the Nuggets. I, I don't you – could, you could ask CJ. Whenever the Bulls are on national TV, my instant reaction is, oh, great. Because then everybody gets to see what's going on. Hey, how about the 49-point Zach Levine game, though, is what you'll take on national TV. He will. He had, 50, He'll, he had 51. 51, 51. He had, He'll take he had 51, it. He had 51 and no points, and they lost the game. I know. <laughs> By a lot. How do you lose a game? How do you lose a game when a guy goes fifty-one? What was the like, did she, what was the margin of it? They lo- they won by like twenty points, didn't they? Against the against the Pistons? Yeah, wasn't it fifteen? They lost. No, no, I'm saying uh, sorry, I'm saying the Pistons won by fifteen oh, to Pistons. twenty points. Okay, I'm like yeah, I know the I'm like the Bulls lost that one because Zach had no assists. He went full full Kobe Bryant level, like not all score no pass. I know Kobe passed the ball, but. Um, I'm, my iPad's having some issues with ESPN. I'm here, pretty I'm sure y'all, I'm pretty how... sure it was like 120 to like 105 or something like that. 118, 102. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 16 yeah. points. Like, I'll tell you yeah, what. So... Before we wrap here, just a guy on the Pistons because they're kind of one of my league pass teams. So much young talent on that on that squad. I love the Pistons. Jalen Duren is awesome. Yes, he's awesome. Big fan. The Knicks Big, missed. Fan, they, I... The Knicks missed out on him. Yeah. Yes, they did. Like it's that. Think of, I mean, these young names. You got the, which is it? Asar is the Thompson twin. Yeah, they have. Asar is on. They've, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. got Asar. They've got Jalen Duran. They have got Cade Cunningham. They have got Jaden Ivy off the bench. Off the bench. Yeah. Like yeah. Like and you got Joe Harris. You got Marvin Bagley. Like you. Monte. I think dudes. Monte Morris is coming back for them, which will be helpful. And and I think so. Bogdanovich like, obviously you, hasn't played yet, so like that. There are dudes on this team that, again and Monty Williams is their coach that's the parody right like that's the team that you probably don't want to play on a random night and you'd no, expect would. if you're a Mavs team you'd expect you're going to win but guess what you you might walk away with an L against that team and that's just the reality. my pipe dream is the Bulls and Pistons rivalry coming back but I don't see that happening as long as the Bulls are bad <laughs> okay <laughs> well <laughs> well we'll, we'll move see. on from the dreary outlook <laughs> positivity <laughs> going forward for for Nikki Schultz and, and the Bulls, of course, he and CJ are going to give it to you real. They're going to give it to you straight up. You go check out Believe in Bulls. Uh, of course, you're listening to this on on Believe in Mavs, Felts and Toss. Uh, Raymond will be joining me soon, and we're going to talk about, I'm sure, everything that's going on in the league. Luca, Zach Levine, where Zach Levine will be headed next uh, is probably going to be Great one of our topics. season's already starting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, Nick, thanks for joining me, man. Tough, tough luck for the Bulls on this one, but I'm hoping that they get a win on Friday against the Nets. I'm rooting for them. Hey, I'm just glad one of us was happy today. And uh, you know what? I'm wishing all the best to you, man. Enjoy the ride. As long as you're you're undefeated, if you're number you're number one seed right now, hey. I know it's five games and four games, and take it and run. Enjoy it. I'm sure people are taking screenshots, bookmarks of all the Mavs fans that are saying, "Oh, look at us undefeated," and they're gonna throw it back <laughs> in our face when the Nuggets are back atop the number one seed in the West in the middle of the season. (laughs) Uh, That's it for this time. Believe in Mavs, believe in Bulls. Thanks, Dick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. 
From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2-0.